Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the largest online nursery in the USA? With more than 10,000 plant varieties and millions of satisfied customers. I have their trees and plants at my home, and they're fantastic. Have you had your fair share of landscaping woes and wasted weekends at crowded nurseries? Finding fast-growing trees will be like stumbling upon a hidden treasure, believe me. With fast-growing trees, it's different. From fruit trees to houseplants, they have it all delivered right to your doorstep. Plus, their plant experts are always available for advice. And here's the best part. This spring, they have up to half off on select plants. And my audience can get an extra 15% off by using promo code BILL at checkout. So please go to FastGrowingTrees.com. Use promo code BILL at checkout. Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News. Thursday, October 6, 2022. Stand up for your country. And you do that by voting, of course. So November 8th coming up pretty fast, right? And uh, I promise you in the summer, I wouldn't speculate about the uh, midterm results. But now that we're getting close, I'm going to give you the best information that I have. Could change, but not so much that uh, the country is going to shift. By that, I mean that Joe Biden is doing a terrible job and he's not going to stop doing a terrible job. And there isn't anything that will intervene that will mask that terrible job. So I would say that 70 percent of Americans know, understand what a bad job Mr. Biden is doing. You know, 30 don't really care. They don't have the intellectual heft to evaluate this kind of stuff. They're in a, a whole different zone. They still have to pay the higher prices. And they are, are in most jeopardy by, from losing a job. But they don't, you can't really make them pay attention. But 70%, I think, is a good uh, number that they know that things are not going well. And that is the subject of this evening's Talking Points memo. So let's take uh, the real clear politics uh, averages. I don't particularly like this website, uh, but they are uh, accumulating data that I use. And right now they have on the House side uh, 219 seats going to Republicans, 182 to Democrats, and 34 undecided. If every undecided seat went to uh, the Democrats, the Republicans would still win. And they won't. So it's going to be a route, I think, in the House. Come back to me. Uh, it's going to be a route. And Republicans will control the House. That's the end of Nancy Pelosi. She'll probably not run again. Um, and that's good. And so the Democrats will be in disarray in the House of Representatives. Now, why is that important? Because the House of Representatives basically has a whole slew of committees. The January 6th committee uh, that is torturing Donald Trump right now. So as soon as the Republicans in January come in and take over that House, Republicans are the chairpersons of the committees. And as soon as that happens, Hunter Biden, 
open border, attack on the American fuel industry, all of those things that are vexing this country will be the subject of investigations by the House of Representatives. Now, there will be Democrats on those committees, but the majority will be Republicans. So while the Democrats won't do anything about Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden's going to be boom, right in your face, just like January 6th is in our face now. So that, in addition to a Republican House not passing anything that Biden wants, handcuffs Biden for his last two years. He's not going to get anything passed. And even if he does executive orders, they'll be challenged in court the moment he does them to block him unilaterally ruining the country. You know, I'm doing a lot of radio promotion for killing the legend, you may know that, all over the country. And when I say this to uh, the people who are interviewing me, look, even if you hate the Republicans, conservatives, Donald Trump, I don't care. What I do care about is one fact. Two years ago, the United States had the most vibrant economy on Earth. That is a fact. Energy independent two years ago. Now, our economy is a shambles. And we have to beg OPEC to harvest oil. If you don't grasp that, then you don't want to know the truth, as they said in A Few Good Men, Jack Nicholson. Um, Anyway, so the House, to me, O'Reilly, today, fait accompli, Republican. Senate, 50-50 right now, and you know Kamala Harris, Vice President's tiebreaker. More problematic for the Republicans. So I want to run down the main races that are in dispute. So Pennsylvania, uh, you got a guy named John Fetterman who is just lost. He had a stroke, far-left guy. Uh, He just is lost. And he's being challenged by uh, Mehmet Oz, a television guy, Um, smart guy, but he's not even a resident of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. I mean, he is now because he moved there to run, but he's a Jersey guy. Come back to me. So uh, the latest average polling is Fetterman 48, Oz 44, which is pretty much a tie. Okay, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania is primarily a red state, except for Philadelphia, the biggest city. In Philadelphia, the Democratic machine controls everything. If the machine comes out for Fetterman, Fetterman will squeak by and win. If the machine does not, and we're talking primarily African-American voters here, Fetterman will lose because the majority of Pennsylvanians do not want Fetterman. They'll vote for Oz or they won't vote for anybody. It's not that Oz is real popular. He isn't. Okay, but the Democratic machine in Philadelphia will be the decider. I say, you know, African-Americans are getting hurt worse than anybody else by this terrible economy, by this inflation. I can't see them running out in great numbers. And polling does not pick that up, but I could be wrong on that. Georgia. Now, this seat should be Republican snap. But I think that Walker's going to lose now. Herschel Walker. The personal stuff is just overwhelming the voters in Georgia. I mean, it's every day. Um, You know what? I'm not going to go bother going over it again, but Walker has not effectively rebutted 
the attacks against him, which include his own son. Warnock is just a progressive leftist. He doesn't bring anything other than whatever the progressives want. I'll vote for that. That's not Georgia. That's not Georgia. Georgia is not a blue state. And Kemp will win re-election. He'll beat Abrams pretty handily. But right now, I got to say that Walker not winning. Not with all the baggage he has. And maybe in the next four weeks, he'll sue the people that are accusing him or, or something that might, you know, give him a second look. But right now, if the election tomorrow, he loses. Arizona, Mark Kelly, a uh, fairly popular man, uh, Democrat incumbent against Blake Masters. I don't know much about Masters. He's a venture capitalist, um, but I don't know much about him. It's 49-45 Kelly leading, real clear average. I think Kelly will probably prevail because Arizona is not a red state any longer. There's been a lot of people moving to Arizona from other parts of the country. That's what happened in Colorado. Okay, and uh, where it used to be a red state, Barry Goldwater country, John McCain country, not anymore. Now, you would think that voters in Arizona would want that border sealed up and the Democratic Party not going to do that. You would think that just on that issue alone, they would vote Republican. But it looks to me like Kelly will hold that Senate seat. New Hampshire. Now, this is an interesting situation. So the incumbent is Maggie Hansen, a Democrat, a liberal. Again, just rubber stamps, whatever the progressives do. He's up against uh, a guy named Don Bolduck, who is a military guy, uh, very conservative. And he is a Trump guy. So it's 49-43 Hassan in New Hampshire right now. But I think Bolduck has a chance, not a good chance, maybe 30%. The problem with New Hampshire is a very small state, and downstate is Massachusetts. Its commuters live in New Hampshire because they don't have a state tax, going to Boston every day to work. And they're all liberal voters, and they overwhelm the rest of the state. So Hassan, you would have to say, is a favorite, but it's not a lock there. New Hampshireites have got to be crazy about this economy, because most of those folks are working class folks that don't have a lot of disposable income up there. Okay, Wisconsin. Looks like Ron Johnson, the incumbent Republican, will win this. It's closer than it should be. Uh, Johnson's been around forever, since 210. Uh, a guy named Mandela Barnes uh, run against him. I don't know anything about him. But I think... Uh, Johnson will hold his seat there for the Republicans. Nevada, a very interesting state, just like Arizona. Nevada, a tremendous influx of people, mostly to the Las Vegas area where they work in the service industries, where they are in the unions. The unions always vote Democrat. So the rest of Nevada is red. You know, a little place outside uh, Reno, but most of the state is red. But those unions in Vegas drive Democrat votes. But Laxalt is well known. Um, he was a previous attorney general of Nevada. He's running against Catherine Cortez Mastro, Latina, and there's a lot of Latino votes in, uh, in uh, Nevada. But I think Laxalt will win that. So that'll be a pickup for the Republicans. Ohio, red state, love Trump. But J.D. Vance, the author, 
um, running on the Republican ticket, he's not really doing that well. And a former congressman, Tim Ryan, Democrats run against him. Vance is, it's about tied. I'd have to say this is a tied race. But all the other races are going to go to the Republicans. That's going to help Vance. And Ohioans on the Republican side are more motivated to vote than Clevelanders and uh, Columbus, where our Democratic precincts are. If I had to bet, I'd say Vance wins, but razor thin. North Carolina, this is another razor thin. So Ted Budd, um, he is uh, a congressman from North Carolina, and he is endorsed by Trump, running against Sherry Beasley, a very liberal woman, former judge. Now, Bud is ahead, but, but, you know, again, raise the thing. But I expect North Carolina, because of economics, to vote for the Republican Bud. I'd be surprised if Bud lost there. And Colorado. You know, I love Colorado. I lived there for two years, as some of you know. Uh, here we have a situation where the state has gone solid blue. Denver, Boulder, overwhelms every other part of Colorado. Now, when I lived in Denver, it was a traditional, that guy, I wouldn't say it was conservative because out west it, it's more libertarian. But now it's crazy left. So a guy named Joe O'Day is running against Michael Bennett, the Democrat incumbent. O'Day looks like a pretty solid guy, but he's way behind. So uh, Bush the Younger is going to raise some money for O'Day, and he's a money. But I don't think he's going to get through. I think Bennett will probably uh, be reelected there, and uh, Colorado will stay a blue state. So if my prognostications come true, the Republicans will win by one. Okay, one. It'll be 51-49. And that's enough. That's enough. So then Biden has nothing. So the Senate, with the House overwhelmingly Republican, doesn't, not going to really matter there a lot. Now, one place it will matter is I do expect the Republican House members to try to impeach Biden over the border. I don't think Biden will ever be convicted, but it'll be payback. And that trial would be held in the Senate. But remember, two-thirds of the Senate have to vote to convict, and that'll never happen. All right, so Biden, and uh, that's a memo, right? That was all in the, in the talking points memo. So Biden's up here in New York and New Jersey uh, raising money for the Senate candidates because they need the money. So Biden comes up, big fundraisers. That money gets spread out to New Hampshire and Nevada and Arizona and Wisconsin, all over the place. And it's all Biden's been doing for the last two months. But here's the kicker. And we told you this yesterday. Not one Democratic candidate that we can find, not one, has asked for Biden to campaign for him or her. What does that tell you? They don't want him. They know. Everybody knows. Okay. More bad news today in the economy. Home mortgages, 6.75% for a 30-year. That's what? Uh, 
A double from uh, this time last year, uh, two years ago when Trump was in, about a double. Um, so you want to buy a house, pay a lot more money, and people are going to, you know, so the housing market's going to stall. The housing market stalls. That's construction. You see what the domino effect is here. You don't have to go to Harvard Economics to figure this out. And what's Biden say? You don't know. I don't know. I got a house. Okay. Um, how about Oregon? There are two races that are really interesting on the local level. So Oregon, and I did live in Portland. You, you might ask, why did you live in so many places over on it? Well, I was moving on up in my uh, television career. Now, you take the best positions. So um, Oregon, when I was there, was a liberal state, but not crazy left. And it wasn't violent at all. And murder rate in Portland's up 275%. So now a Republican is leading the polls to become the next governor of Oregon, Christine Drazen. She ran against Tina Kotek, who is a standard issue liberal. Um, and uh, I think uh, Christine's going to win. So Oregon's going to have a Republican governor. How about that? But here's something even more shocking. This is shocking. Trafalgar poll. It has been accurate in the past. Two polls have been accurate. Rasmussen, Trafalgar. That's all I can tell you. New York governor. New York registration. Democrats two to one over Republicans. They take a poll. Who are you likely to vote for for governor? Now, the methodology is 54% Democrat. 28% Republican because there are twice as many registered Democrats as Republicans. So it's in line. All right. Ready for the results? Democrat Kathy Hochul, 45. Republican Lee Zeldin, 43. That is a tie. Zeldin could win because New York is so out of control. It's unspeakable. The crime, the taxes, the infrastructure breakdown. It's a tie. Now, I've been very clear on this. I don't endorse candidates, but I would never vote for Kathy Hochul, ever. If Putin ran against Kathy Hochul, I'd stay home. <laughs> That's how bad I, she has governed. But Zeldin could win this. It's really, really amazing. Attorney General Letitia James, right? She's the one that trumped up the charges against the Trump organization. No victim, nobody signing on her civil lawsuit. She's running behind Republican Michael Henry. It's close. This, if this happens, this will be an avalanche. In New York goes Republican, an avalanche. Now, we know California is gone and never coming back. And Illinois is probably gone forever, too. New York, these numbers are staggering. And what is likely to change in four weeks? Nothing. It's going to get worse. Going to have more atrocities, more murders. The taxes are insane here. Highest tax state in the union. Three million people have left the state. Three million. But anyway, this is incredible. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. 
the government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. Murder, USA, FBI data out this week. Okay, here it is. Let's start with overview. 2019, 14,548 homicides in America. 2021, last year, 14,677. Not much of an increase. Okay? But that does not tell the story. Victims, 2019, 7,777 African Americans were murdered. 55% of all homicide victims in the U.S. and 19 blacks. Last year, 58%. Okay? So the black homicide rate is rising significantly. Perpetrators. 2019, African Americans committed 6,809 homicides, 47% of the total. Black population is 13% in America. Okay, Um, last year, black perpetrators murdered 54 percent rate, 54 up from 47. So you could see the murder in the African community way up. Why? Because of the drug gangs in the big cities. That's why. And who's getting killed? Blacks. So. You're asking African-Americans to vote for progressive Democrats who have made all this carnage possible? I, I mean, I'm, I'm just staggered by it. Why would any black American vote Democrat? And here's an interesting stat. Crimes against senior citizens in America up 10% in one year. Though they get mugged in the cities mostly. Oh, this murder rate is big city primarily. Okay, suburbs and rural, not so much. All right, but the cities are crazy, crazy violent. 
And let's go to guns then. So all the homicides, uh, not all, but the majority of homicides are handguns. Everybody knows that. Uh, Massachusetts uh, has a law <laughs> where if you want to carry a gun, uh, if you want to have a gun, not even carry it, if you want to buy a gun, have a license for the gun, you have to show proper cause. Proper cause, what is that? What does that mean? I'm afraid that somebody might hurt my family? Yeah. And this is so the authorities of Massachusetts can deny your application. You don't have proper cause, so we're not going to give it to you. Supreme Court has said no. They struck that down and said you've got to go back and reconsider your law. Same thing happened in New York State. You remember that. Uh, but there, the justices voted 6-3 to strike down a law that said people have to demonstrate proper cause, same, same phrase, to get a handgun. So clearly this court, Supreme Court, says the Second Amendment stands. And if a law-abiding citizen wants to buy a handgun and carry it, you know, under certain provisions, you got to have that. Can't carry it to a church or a school. In Ohio, you can, but, you know, they're allowed to. So these rulings are very, very interesting that, that's going on here. Thailand, been there? Thailand is basically a dictatorship. Okay, It's not like a free country, but the army that runs it, they, they let anything go. I mean, it's a very laissez-faire attitude. So a former Thai policeman kills 24 children and 13 adults in a daycare center. Now, the only reason I'm telling you about this is it upholds my belief that mass murder can happen anywhere at any time. Doesn't matter what the country is, doesn't matter where it is, doesn't matter what the laws are. Okay? Horrific. And this guy, I, I'm not even getting into it, how bad it was. There are just insane people all over the world. And no matter what gun control you have, no matter what provisions you have, they're going to get around them. Bernard McGurk died last night. So, Bernie, uh, those of you in New York know Bernie and Sid in the morning. Uh, those of you around the country know Gutfeld and McGurk on the O'Reilly Factor. Roll the tape. You never insult people you don't like because I you do. Don't, well, <laughs> you're, you insult everybody. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's it's a it's it's something that if you, if you want somebody to do well, yeah, that's the only thing. Are you, you buying do. this, McGurk? I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm buying it. Uh, there's a lot of uh, animosity towards Mr. Trump. We know in the Republican Party and among some uh, people on the right. I, now I don't know where my friend Greg stands. Mm -hmm. I can only I can only guess. But I love the guy. You I, love I him love still. his attitude, everything, of everything course. He's a okay. nation of suckers no more, no more Mr. Nice Guy. Smash mouth, politically incorrect approach to his opponents and to our enemies. I love all of that you stuff. Know what the, you know what you're hearing? What? It's a, Trump is like a rope bridge in a hurricane. People are scared <laughs> to cross him. Bernie I'm, is I'm terrified not, of him. That, that's a you lie. are terrified. Absolutely not. I have nothing to lose. Well, he wants Trump to go on his radio exactly. show. Exactly. That's not yeah. true. You Look, scratch uh, his back, he... Remember the... Remember the Kid who was a gave, yeah. gave the finger, the double fingers to the audience, and then he got an elbow to the face. The fact that Trump is, is paying that old man's legal bills, I love that. All I right, think that, so you, that's you're, you're a Trump guy, and, and, and you're skeptical of what? his. I'm worried about the general election. He is less popular among women than leaving the seat up. Okay. <laughs>
<laughs> no, he, no gender gap in Wisconsin, by the way. So that's that's, that's maybe a, a falsehood well, or, uh, or a myth. Okay. You know, the general election once they once they get into that, it's in a whole different story. But you have to admit, McGurk, that there is concern on the part of the Republican Party that if Mr. Trump does get the nomination, not only will he lose the general, but they'll lose the Senate and the House. Well, that's what everybody thought back in June when he was running for the uh, the nomination. They thought he would get nowhere no. near it. Bill McGurk was right. Now, I knew uh, McGurk, he died of cancer. Um, almost 30 years. He's a Long Island guy, lives in Long Beach. Uh, his wife, Carol, two children, Melanie and Brendan. I, well, I wasn't buddies with McGurk. I mean, I wasn't like going over for cocktails or anything like that. But we had a very good relationship. He opened for me in uh, a show I did in Huntington. Uh, I went on his radio show on WABC every week. And solid guy, really uh, funny, smart. And I remember one time I was on Imus, uh, where McGurk was the producer. And Imus was giving me a hard time about something, you know, Imus. And uh, after the segment was over, uh, Imus continued badmouthing me. McGurk said to him, hey, O'Reilly's a national treasure. Let's shut Imus up. So Bernie was a guy that would speak his mind. Fabulously successful in New York on WABC radio. Uh, I identified Irish, Bronx. My father's from Brooklyn, obviously Irish. Uh, he went to Cardinal Hayes High School. I went to Chaminade. We played each other in football. I mean, there's so much in common with him. And, you know, everybody's sad uh, today because uh, Bernard passed away, but I say, Let's celebrate his life, okay? I'm sure some of you remember, I put him on every week with Gutfeld. Uh, Gutfeld, by the way, should be sending me checks for making him famous. Um, and it was a great segment. It was back and forth. It was a lot of fun. But the most important thing is that Bernie Gurk was an honest man, a solid man, and we will all miss him. So I thought you'd all like to know that. So smart life, uh, shock and awe. Now, this is a program on a weekly program I do for Vidgo, V as in Victor, I-D-G-O, streaming service, our partner. Uh, check it out if you want to, uh, and you'll see Shock and Awe every week. Now, this week we did an uh, interesting um, show with John Stossel and Bernie Goldberg uh, about the disintegration of national television, not only news, but programming. It used to be TV was the town square for America, from Anchorage to Key West. Everybody knew the Fonz. Everybody knew Mary Tyler Moore, all in the family. We all had something in common. It was a cultural commonality built around network television. Walter Cronkite, all of that. Okay, That's evaporated now. That's gone because the networks have collapsed. Here's a clip. Go. The latest episode of Shock and Awe. All right, but what about the relevance of the viewing public? So there's no longer any commonality uh, brought to us by entertainment on the three networks, none. It doesn't have any cultural impact at all. Television, I think the term used, used to be the town square. The term I've used is it used to be the national cathedral. Uh, when John Kennedy uh, was assassinated, everybody turned to network television. They watched the same thing at the same time. That's a very valuable experience for a nation because in the absence of that, and I think this is your main point, 
the absence of that means we're not as cohesive as a nation as we were when television was right. either right. the town square or the national cathedral and, and brought us all together. A kicker to that uh, tease, Stossel um, and I debate who's better, Johnny Carson or Jimmy Fallon. It's hysterical. So anyway, shock and awe, vid go. And we're happy to be doing that program. This day in history, October 6, 1961, President Kennedy, the aforementioned, writes a letter warning people that they better build fallout shelters in case of a nuclear war. This is 61 years ago today. Now, the run-up was that the Soviet Union was trying to move military hardware into Castro's Cuba. Big missiles, intercons. And Kennedy said, you're not going to do it. And if you try, our warships are going to intercept the Soviet vessels. And that spooked a nuclear war to which Kennedy said this. In the event of an attack, the lives of those families which are not hit in a nuclear blast and fire can still be saved if they can be warned to take shelter and if that shelter is available. We owe that kind of insurance to our families and to our country. So I remember I'm a little kid and I'm in St. Bridget's school and we had these little nuclear drills where we had to go under the desk and go like this. And, and they, they actually did build, and there's some of them still in New York City, fallout shelters where people could go. And I don't know what they're going to do in there, but uh, that, that was a panic. That was the closest to nuclear war this planet has ever been. And the Soviets backed down. So that happened 61 years ago today. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back with a lively mail segment and a final thought. So, take the break. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the Internet. Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's go to the mail. Myron Miller, Saloon, Iowa. O'Reilly, you wouldn't vote for Herschel if he's guilty of what? Lying about an abortion? They all lie. Myron, look, you vote for who you want to vote for, but I vote my conscience. Politician lies to me about a thing like abortion, I'm not voting for. Norman Reinwait, La Mesa, Texas, Bill, the manner in which Herschel Walker dances around, direct questions in interviews makes me think he did pay for an abortion. I'm still giving Herschel Walker due process. All right, he's innocent until proven guilty. But as I said, his prospects in Georgia are sinking. LT on the message board. O'Reilly's suggestion that Trump should tone down his influence in the midterms is quite logical. Trumpers are already motivated. Republican candidates should be focused on Biden's idiotic domestic policy. 
If Trump makes the election about him, the haters will be motivated not to stay home. There you go. That is right on, LT. There you go. Herb Bauer, Charlotte, North Carolina. Bill, how can you say Trump is not involved in the midterms when he's out endorsing America First House and Senate candidates? He can endorse. That doesn't mean he's involved in a uh, voting sense. The Democrats want to put his image paramount for the vote. That's what they want. And if Trump gives them fuel, they'll succeed. But doing local events, that's not... He should do it. If, if a candidate wants Trump to come in, Trump should go in. Mary Hamlet, Fresno, California. Hey, Bill, you asked a question why 41% of people think the Democrats would be the path to prosperity. It is because they're blinded by hatred. Some of them, but not 41. I mean, you know, there's some very hateful people on the left. There's no doubt about it, but I wouldn't say it's a 41%. Michael Manias, Tallahassee, Florida. Bill, do you think the partisan divide will ever soften and leaders start working together again? No, I don't. The press will, uh, even though the press is declining and influence and everything else, they'll exacerbate political division. That's all they have. That's all they have now. So I don't think the partisan divide, in the short term anyway, is going to lessen. Chuck Concierge member, I hope you guys check that out. Direct access to me. Bill, uh, do, you, do you go to either high school or college reunions to catch up with your friends. I do. Um, in fact, we have one coming up at the end of October. So this is off my uh, final thought. Respect your past. You know, I'm, I'm not a guy that lives in the past, like Glory Days, Springsteen. I, I don't do that. But I uh, admire some of the people that I've met in the past. And when I get a chance to see them, that's a positive. Lloyd, Elvis Presley, John Lennon, Muhammad Ali were responsible for their own demise. Presley possibly being the least culpable because he was young and didn't know he was being abused, but he should have wised up. That is true. They are not painted as victims in killing the legend. They are responsible. Zachary Russell, Oxford, Mississippi. Bill, of your smart life segments and the danger of sugar. On July 22nd, I weighed 230 pounds and felt awful. I replaced my Dr. Pepper habit with water and poppy. Poppy is a soft drink, very low sugar, but it tastes good. And began walking four miles a day. Proud to say I'm down 194 pounds and dropping. Feeling great. I'm glad I could help, Zachary. Sugar is not your friend. It's not. As you get older, the sugar is going to hurt you. Now, you can't deny yourself 100%. I get two desserts a week. I had a cannoli the other night, okay? But they're all pretty good tasting stuff to substitute for the sugar. And the soft drinks, I used to love them. I can't do that now. Okay. Tisha Rudder, Franconia, Pennsylvania, and Georgia program with Martin Dugard. How did the two of you come to write books together? I have the entire Killing series. And several of your other books, best was Bold, Fresh Piece of Humanity. Uh, that's my bio. So I was looking for a researcher. Dugard had written a couple of books, one on King Tut, the other on Stanley and Livingston in Africa. I read the books, and I said, yeah, this guy's come up with good stuff. And uh, we flew him in from California to meet with me, see if he could uh, work with somebody like me who's a little type A. <laughs> 
And we hit it off, and the rest is history. 12 Killing Books, the most successful nonfiction book series in history. And we hope everybody will check out Killing the Legends. You get it free if you become a premium or a concierge member. Sign up, re-up, all that free. If you sign up for Vidgo, they'll give you a free Killing the Legends and a free trial membership to BillOReilly.com. That's a great deal on Vidgo. Do not be peevish, P-E-E-V-I-S-H, from writing to me, Bill at BillOReilly.com. Bill at BillOReilly.com, name in town if you wish to opine. Back with the final thought in a moment. Okay, final thought of the day. We have some data in about uh, Killing Legends. Fascinating data. So we sold about 100,000 books in one week, which is, you know, good. Um, We've done that before. But the audience is different. So uh, a lot of the uh, political people that watch us uh, haven't bought Killing the Legends yet. And uh, we know that by the reviews that we see on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and other places. And um, on Amazon, 87% of the reviews are excellent. book is excellent. I think Killing Jesus had that or about that level, but that's like unheard of. And that caught me by surprise because I thought I'm writing a different book here about cultural history. The people who like the standard history, killing Lincoln, killing England, killing Patton, killing the SS, they might not go over and like the cultural history, even though it's very important. Because we live it every day, it influences what we do every day, influences our children, our finances, everything is cultural history. So when I saw the 87%, I went, whoa. But if you read the reviews, it's people, a lot of them, this is the first killing book. They haven't read the others. And because the cover has got the three icons on them, they were attracted to that. Um, And it's a whole different genre. The hardcore history people, that's our base, political history, they haven't come in yet. Now, I hope they do, because you'll like the book. It it connects a whole bunch of dots and tells you about the society in which we all live. And that's pretty vital information. Let me give you an example. So I'm doing an interview, um, and Jason Whitlock, you know Jason Whitlock? So smart guy, and I'm doing his show. And he doesn't know whether what Elvis, John Lennon did, those two, they both changed the culture, was ultimately a good thing. No, he said, well, it might be a bad thing because we, Elvis ushered in rock and roll rebellion, Lennon and the Beatles, sex, drugs, rock and roll. And we have, that's in play now. I haven't gone away. And I said, you know, that's an interesting point of view. But dissent is a hallmark of our country. So we don't want a bland society. We want everybody thinking the same. That's what we had in the 1950s. And no problems are getting solved in the 1950s. Civil rights problems weren't getting solved. Uh, The economy wasn't really perking the way it should. Uh, My parents just eked it out. You know, working class people didn't have a lot of advantages. And there wasn't a lot of dissent about it. It was like, okay, this is the way it is. And then once Elvis came in with Rock and Roll Rebellion, then the dissent came. And then the Vietnam era, that's the Beatles, boom. And things got done. All right? 
problems were solved. However, the dissent movement has been hijacked now by the far left, which wants to destroy American tradition, hates the country. Elvis didn't hate the country. Lenin moved here from England. And Ali was an Olympic gold medal winner. I don't believe he hated his country. But their dissent and what happened was hijacked by what we call the far left. And that's what happened. Anyway, we're very happy that uh, people who have uh, read Killing the Legends enjoy it. We hope you will sample. And we will have a column Sunday noon and see you on Columbus Day. We will work on Monday. We'll see you then.